This episode of Lord of the Rigs is brought to you by FreightPath, the all-in-one TMS that makes it easy to grow your logistics business. That's our passion is to increase the percentage of women employed in this industry. Awesome. (laughs) To provide context, so you are the CEO of Women in Trucking Association, which is based out of the U.S., can you tell me a little bit about the association and and what made you want to start it? Sure. We have over 5,000 members in 10 countries. Uh, about 10% of our members are in Canada. We have okay. members in Australia, New Zealand, um, Japan, uh, uh, Sweden, Africa, some African countries. Um, and so I was working for a large carrier uh, back in around 2006 and 2007. And my job was manager of retention and recruiting programs. They said, figure out how to attract and retain non-traditional groups. And that included women. And so I started doing some research on what do women look for in an industry? What do women look for in a carrier? And I realized that the trucking industry wasn't really focused on hiring women which means you're missing out on 50% of the population. Um, And so um, after I realized that we needed a resource, um, I started Women in Trucking in March of 2007 and put together a board of directors. And we've grown beyond my wildest imagination. It's almost 14 years and we've, we've grown dramatically so I believe we hit um, you know uh, we've we've hit uh, a sore spot in the industry (laughs) right right wow that's awesome Um, and so is the association kind of more specific to women truck drivers or is it in, in general just for women in the industry it's all women. Um, we have truck drivers who are members. And by the way, we 15% of our members are men. So it's not just women. It's right. people who support our mission. Mm-hmm. But so our members are, I like to say, the, the women who design the trucks, build the trucks, sell the trucks, buy the trucks, own the trucks, fix the trucks, and drive the trucks. So it's all women in the industry. Right. And so that's interesting. That's actually a question that I wanted to ask you because um, I was reading more about your association. I had actually listened to some of your previous interviews and I heard you say that 15% of your members are men. And it kind of like avalanche this thought in my mind of, so we have all these great conversations, you know, between, between two women like us right now. And I'm hoping to release this as a podcast. And then you're having interviews with lots of different people. And then, um, if 85%, give or take, of the people who are on the receiving end of this information are women, you know, how like how can we encourage more men to listen to what we have to say? And I'm just kind of wondering, like, if that's something that, um, like, you've encountered, and if so, if you guys have, I guess, like, tips or, or anything that you'd like to share on encouraging more men to be involved and to hear where we're coming from, I guess. I do. I do have a a tip for that. And one of them is when you say that you're women in trucking, people assume Mm -hmm. that you're only for women. And I tell people we're about women. But when you when you invite people, you can't say it's a women's event. So like one of our members, um, they would hold a women's uh, group and no men would come. So then when they said, well, we're hosting a after dinner reception or after work reception or a wine tasting or whatever, sponsored 
by the name of the group, then men felt comfortable in coming. So it's in how and how it's all in how you word the invitation so that mm -hmm. you make it more inclusive. You don't say it's for women, you say it's about women. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because that's kind of something that through just my little experience with talking with different people well what i've been doing is really between women and, I, and i've i've had a hard time figuring out how to invite people like guys to listen to what i'm trying to talk about and so um that's a really interesting tip and i i'm glad that you answered that because i was honestly like how do i you know how do i um expand the like who's who's listening to what i'm trying to talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question, but it's it's the way you word it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's funny how sometimes you think things are really complicated and someone just tells you, "Well, if you just worded it a little differently, it would work." So, I need I needed to hear that. <laughs> Even in in how we promote this podcast, good. I'm sure that'll that'll help us. Um when I was also reading about kind of the experiences that you've had, I think I read that one of your jobs included promoting a more positive image of the trucking industry and is that correct yes i was thinking you know when we're talking about accounting let's say there aren't necessarily positions that are you know let's you know promote a positive image of the accounting industry so it kind of got me thinking like why is it necessary and important to have people who are doing just that but for the trucking industry Well, I think that you need to tell stories. Um, mm -hmm. You need to share with people's stories. A lot of women look at the trucking industry and think it's so male dominated that they won't fit in. But if you share stories of women who um, are successful and love their jobs, then other women will look at them and say, oh, I never thought about that. For example, we had a woman on um, the Megan Kelly show and okay. she talked about how much she loves driving the sunsets and the sunrises and our phone just uh, rang off the hook the next day because all these women said wow I hadn't thought about driving a truck but the way she describes it I want to try that, that's interesting that's true because sometimes it's kind of like putting a face to a name where you just need to have that a little bit of a connection and and a real story and a real person telling you why they enjoy it to just encourage other people to get involved correct Something else that I was curious about was I read that you worked on a thesis that had to do with the complexities of women married to truck drivers. And I'm just wondering, can you tell me about that? Yep. Sure. Um, so I was married to an owner operator. We, uh, we had three, three um, trucks, small fleet, but he'd be gone for weeks at a time. So I did my master's thesis on the complex identities of women married to professional drivers. And what happens is um, when you're at home with kids and your spouse is on the road, you become more self-sufficient, more independent. You know how to turn off the water, you know how to handle things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so then when he comes home, he doesn't know, it's hard for him to fit back in the family dynamic. And, and so if you understand that, you know, like how do you include him in events when you know that he's a thousand miles away? Um, it just, it, it, it makes it difficult. It's not easy, but it can be done. Interesting. And so um, did you find that like 
Is it common that women are like um, as well gone for weeks at a time, or do you think that they stick to mostly like a short, like LTL stuff? Like, is that a dynamic that is the other way around? So, um, a lot of women run in teams, and so they don't mind being gone for weeks at a time if they're with their spouse or boyfriend or significant other. 83% of women come into the industry because of a family member or friend. Okay. So they already know what the industry is like. Right. And, and, and we, we know, we know that, um, you know, they already, they're already familiar with the lifestyle. They know they're going to be away from home, you know, things like that. So women come into the industry much more knowledgeable than men do. <laughs> right. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And, and the average woman, um, in the industry is in her fifties and her children are grown. Oh, so think about that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And I guess it makes sense because it would be quite difficult, I'd imagine, to raise a family, a young family, as well as being gone or just being pretty um, preoccupied with a job like trucking. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Another question that I had for you was, I think I was listening to your interview with Fright Waves. I believe this was the one. And... Mm -hmm. You were talking about how you did a survey on how safe women feel at work in terms of truck driving, and the average was 4.4 out of 10. And I was just wondering, can you tell me about these findings? Like, what makes women feel unsafe? And then, you know, therefore, what are you guys thinking to, to improve that average? So there's three parts to a safety culture and women are attracted to a company where um, they feel that they're being um, valued. So the safety culture is a how well maintained is the equipment because a breakdown on the side of the road is not a safe environment. Two is where are they sending the drivers? What part of town? Is it a dark, you know, part of town where there's a lot of crime and things like that? And then the third part is, what is their safety culture as far as inclement weather or like um, areas of protests or maybe, um, you know, hurricanes and things like that. If a driver says, I don't feel comfortable because it's snowing, what is the company's response to that? So those three things make up the safety culture. And so what Women in Trucking is doing, um, we work with the truck stops on safety, security, lighting, fencing. Uh, we do self-defense courses at all of our events to train drivers how to how to um, carry themselves in a truck stop. What are, what are some tips that they can do to stay safe? Mm -hmm. um, we also work with the truck cab manufacturers. We've been asking them to put in a, a security alarm system in the cab of the truck so that if a driver is sleeping and someone tries to break in, um, they'll be notified and, and, you know, things like that. So safety and also we're in a... Um, we asked the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration um, and they responded they're doing a three-year crimes against female driver study and we are involved in that um, and oh. so we're in like the last year of it so once we understand where those crimes are taking place um, and then we can better understand how to address it. Okay that's that's really um, interesting and I like I've said this before see these are just things that you don't think about even though 
like I mean, as an average person, you don't necessarily even think about truck driving and what the job entails, but then as well as how, how difficult it can be for women to be a truck driver because of just circumstances and the way things have been for so long. And it's really um, interesting to hear these items that make them feel unsafe. And, and it's amazing to hear the things that are being done to increase their safety and it help them feel safer and then hopefully therefore encourage more women to become truck drivers. Sorry if my questions are a little choppy. I'm very new at this whole interviewing thing and I'm very nervous as well. I'm not usually this, um, I don't want to act, but I'm usually not as robotic as I am right now. So I'm trying to just calm down. That's fine, you're fine. Something that I've encountered personally when I'm talking to people about increasing diversity in any situation um, is that some people look at it as, well, I, I don't see that. Like, I treat everyone equally and, you know, th there's no problem because I treat everyone equally. And then that can some that in itself eliminates being able to address the different needs that women have to be able to excel in you know in this industry or just be part of the industry at all and i'm just wondering like have you encountered that and like in any way i guess in terms of trying to promote different um you know identifying different barriers that women face in in the industry very much so um when i started women in trucking and i'd stand up in front of trucking companies they would insist they'd say well ellen we don't care about their age their ethnicity or their gender we just hire the best drivers and then I'd say to them, really? Well, how come your uniforms are all built for men? You know, made for men. How come you don't have women's restrooms? How come the trucks are designed for men? You just hire the best person, but the unconscious bias that's built into the hiring process um, precludes, you know, hiring uh, groups that don't fit the majority. Um, right. So like a lot of times it's called a dominant norm. So when, if the men are the dominant norm, then women and you know other ethnic, you know age, gender, whatever, have to conform to the dominant norm. And people think that that's being acceptable. To me, that's not acceptable. To me, um, you have to, we have to build trucks that actually accommodate women. We actually have to put more restrooms in. We have to actually, you know, it, it amazes me that trucking companies didn't even have shirts uniform shirts designed for women until we pointed it out and then and then they said oh okay and look at in the united states our our um america's road team the ata okay there's 12 drivers on there and they're wearing blue blazers red and blue ties white shirts and gray dress slacks and guess what there's four women on there hmm. <laughs> it's just horrible yeah <laughs> and but same for the road nights um you know, they, it, it, they um, oh, one of our image team members is a road knight and they have them wearing, you know, suits and ties and dress oh slacks. And it's like, couldn't you put them in a blazer and a scarf? Yeah. yeah. Probably not their outfit of choice. <laughs> Going to work, wearing a tie. How, how do you even know how to do up a tie? Like, I wouldn't even know how to do that. <laughs> drives me nuts but mm -hmm. and I use that as an example you know I tell people and I'm like seriously yeah but anyway and I guess they just it's interesting how they just don't notice until you point it out 
whether it's uniforms or I think I heard you talk about once, like being able to reach the pedals or being able to see above the dashboard. These are things that are very crucial to actually just doing the job properly without getting into an accident or something. You need to be able to see. You know. Well, so many women women in the past have had, you know, sit on pillows or, you know, things like that. And that's just unacceptable. Yeah. For me, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I think so, too. And so it's like you said earlier in your answer to kind of to getting people, not just women, to listen to what we have to say is how you word it. You have to know how to respond to people who think that they treat everyone equally when, in fact, you know, at some point we want to get to the point where you treat everyone equally because everyone will at, be at an equal standing point. But right now, certain dif- different groups of people need specific things to be able to get up to that level. And it's important to right. basically have to know, you know, what you're talking about, where you need help, um, you know, and where women specifically need a little bit of help with whether it's how they're dressed or, or in the cab itself. Right, exactly. 